0: Okay, so this is for your high achievers, your overachievers. However, you want to go about it, but it's definitely yours truly. Okay, I have been an overachiever since birth. You can ask my mother. <laughs> In this next podcast, we talk to Stacy Baronfuss. She is the founder and CEO of Truth Teachers. And we talk about high achieving people in general and the processes that we find ourselves getting stuck in, the mental states, the not being able to slow down enough to talk to ourselves to figure out what really is happening. You know, a lot of times, if you're a high achiever, you're a doer, right? So you just keep going and going and going and going. And you don't slow down enough to really check in with yourself. I, myself, guilty. All right, guilty as charged. Raising my hand right now. Um, In this episode, we break down the questions and we break out techniques about how you can go about becoming more self-aware as an entrepreneur and the power that it actually gives you to then operate your business or whatever it is on a higher level. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hey, Slay Nation, we're back with another podcast episode. I'm your host, Heather, and today I am with Stacey Fuss. She is the founder and CEO of Truth Teachers. Now, I know that's a big title, so can you kind of tell us a little bit about
1: uh, what the Truth Teachers is all about? Yes, yes. First of all, I'm so excited to be here with you, Heather. Thanks for having me. Um, so the Truth Teachers really exist based upon my suffering or stress and lack of fulfillment in my pursuit of achievement. And so what we do is we work with women leaders to help them activate their power and really turn the paradigm from validating and succeeding externally based on other people's responses of us to cultivating our internal power and succeeding on purpose that way.
0: Now, you mostly work with, you know, high figure women as far as like seven, eight figures they make in their business and so on and so forth. And I know anybody who's listening to this is like, that's nothing to laugh about. That's a good amount of money. So um, I kind of want to jump into like, what's the, what's the difference? I mean, cause I think a lot of people, if you're like, oh, if my business is making seven or eight figures, what the hell am I doing with a truth? Like teacher, like I'm fine. Right. So what are the, some like misconceptions or things that we don't realize?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's such a great question because quite often my clients, they're happy. They have a great family life, right? They're, they're taking the vacations. They're succeeding at a huge level, high level in their business but there is something that feels off. They feel disconnected from themselves in some way. A lot of times there's still a level of doubt and it not it might not be in the business. It might be in an, another area of their life. Maybe it's related to body image. Maybe it's related to re- their relationship, but in some way they can pinpoint that there's an area of their life that's not at the level of their successful business. In some way they're unfulfilled. And so that's what starts the process, but ultimately they're disconnected on some level from themselves because they're going so fast. They're creating so much success. They don't necessarily get in touch with their emotions or see which emotions might be running them. They're too busy making the next deal happen.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, guilty. I've done stuff like that. I still do stuff like that. (laughs) You forget to check in with yourself. Um, So that kind of brings me to the topics in which we're going to talk about today. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, like as far as the seven, eight figure women goes, I mean, it's just like truth be told, you know, as far as we all have the same issues, we could be succeeding in other areas and really just ignoring other areas in our life that we really need to be paying attention to. Um, Doesn't matter what level of success you are. So even if you're still climbing, it's still an issue. (laughs) Um, So what I really want to talk about are two subjects today. So the first subject is um, you talk a lot about uh, the trap of trying to, quote unquote, figure it out, Uh, Mm -hmm. figure it out, meaning your old programming. So Mm -hmm. what do you what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times I know for me, I was guilty of this too. We're, we're constantly trying to figure things out, right? It could be, how can I figure out that next revenue level? How can I figure out that next program or product I'm going to offer? But in the way I'm talking about it, what I'm talking about is figuring out more from that internal space. How do I start operating from a more connected space or how do I, figure out what this breakthrough, for example, means, right? It, it's very much tied to the meaning of something or the story we tell ourselves about something. And so a lot of times, if we are trying to figure something out, we're actually going down the path of more stress and suffering. And when I say suffering, I'm, I'm saying that includes stress, that includes like any lower negative emotions. It's kind of like when we go into trying to figure something out, We are basically unearthing the dead, if you will. We're going into, you know, emotions that don't necessarily serve us because we're trying to figure it out with our head where if we can come into connection first and come from that place, it's not about figuring it out. It's about connecting to it and looking at what's the solution.
0: Okay. So how do you go about like connecting then if you're trying to take it out of the analytical standpoint of trying to figure it out with your mind and going down and asking yourselves 5 million questions?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the best thing to do is it's very simple is to bring in the breath because as high achieving women, we don't necessarily lean on meditation in the heart of a challenge, right?
0: No, we're, we're geared to go. We are moving.
1: (laughs) We're going to make it it happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) And so bringing in the breath is honestly, it's the last thing we're thinking about. And so for high achieving women like us, it's like that completely trips the system because we've never done that before. And so take three conscious breaths and then, and what I mean, I just actually want to break this down because for high achieving women, it means something different. When I say take a deep breath, that means count to four and then exhale for four. Just start there because a deep breath for for us is like two seconds right Yeah. you're like all right <laughs> let's, go. <laughs> let's go exactly. And so it's first to connect to the breath and then ask yourself what's the solution I'm after? And so we could even kind of talk through a live example if, if there's mm-hmm. one that you have in mind but it's like what is a solution I'm after and reconnect yourself to that level of thinking. So reconnecting yourself to that solution-based thinking or the outcome-based thinking of what is it that you're trying to achieve anyway, right? Because when we get into figuring something out, it can easily take us on a completely different path than what we're mm. trying to achieve anyway.
0: Mm, right. Okay. Okay. So what is an example that you run into a lot with high achieving women or even with yourself?
1: Yeah. Um, so one example, I'm, I'm just thinking of, I mean, it's really across the board, both with me and clients is like, one example is let's just take sales, not being where we want it to be. Right. We Mm. all want more sales. We all want to. like, All right.
0: How do I reconfigure this marketing strategy? How do I do more of this and do less of that? And it's a headache.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so one thing that you could be experiencing is let's say sales are not where you want them to be. And so we would evaluate obviously the actions of what are you actually doing to achieve the sales metrics that you have? And what is your thought process and your emotions around the sales outcome or goal that you have? Are you saying that you wanna hit a certain dollar amount but you really doubt it on some level?
0: Oh, like doubt your capability in order of actually doing it.
1: Yep, exactly. So what can happen is we're trying to figure out where in my sales team is this issue? Where are we not hitting these metrics? But if we can also take this to a reflection of ourselves as leaders, and instead of trying to figure it out externally, go internal and say, where am I disconnected from the belief that this is possible? Or what thoughts and emotions am I thinking, planting, you know, basically nurturing that does not support the goal that I have.
0: Mm. So you're basically saying that your thoughts, beliefs, we also, we know that they have power, but um, they ultimately can just, what, just make you second guess whether or not you're doing anything correct,
1: lead you down Mm -hmm. the spiraling path. Like, how does that look? Yeah. And so what we're looking at is the whole picture, right? Because we've been conditioned to just look external we've been conditioned to just say, okay, I'm not getting the results. Do more. We're not conditioned to look at ourselves and say, how am I acting? That doesn't match up to my goals. Mm.
0: Right. Okay. So if you are acting like you're scared or you're second guessing yourself, or maybe you have that self-doubt of like that imposter syndrome that I know a lot of high achieving women have, uh, this imposter syndrome of like, oh, it's not really like it's, or even downplaying it. I see like a lot of women who achieve so much and everybody is just like in awe and they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I myself, am guilty of that. I do that all the time, downplay it. I'm like, that's not that big of a deal. Like all oh, you had to do, it. it's not that hard. You know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. how do those emotions really play a part? And is there an example you could share?
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's use the, the downplay because that's such a common one with women, right? Is, oh is- my goodness, We don't want to be the bigness that we really are. We just want to fly under the radar, be super successful and not get too much attention. Right. Mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm. And so, so the idea is what about your success? Are you downplaying? Right. So it's like, what about the success? Where, where are you almost like, it's it's almost as if you want to avoid that attention at some level, like you're good with enough praise, but once it gets to, you've heard the thermostat example, right? Once you get to 75 degrees, you have to go down because it's too much goodness. Ah, it's almost like sabotaging your own success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so a lot of times what I see with clients is they will downplay or not show off the success because they don't want to be like, You know, the men that they've seen, right, that have the big egos about their success, or that they don't want to act like they know it all. They want to stay safe in the the realm under that 75 degrees, if you will. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no,
0: and I totally understand what you're what you're saying, because I myself sometimes have to thrust myself forward. And I mean like thrust forward because I will get to that 75 and be like okay we're good you know and then part of me is just kind of like no you're not you're you have so much more to go why are you stopping Push. and I have gotten better at realizing when I'm like trying to shrink and then I'm like no stop that mess and like you I literally have to thrust myself forward or at least that's what it feels like
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, what you're describing, it's so real for so many of us, which is like, you have to force through it because the barrier almost is so thick. And what it is, is the barrier of the subconscious, which on some level, the subconscious is trying to keep you safe from, to say it frankly, when women were burned at the stake because they were expressive or they said what they wanted to say. Right. I mean, this is in our genetics. It's in our history
0: generations of, you know, cultural, uh, grooming.
1: Yes. So while that's like a piece of it, the other piece is being able to see that, you know, when you get to that certain level, that subconscious kicks in to protect you. But it also, to your point earlier is a sabotage to you reaching all the heights that you're meant to reach.
0: Yeah. How do you coach people through that sabotage? Or even if they're like, they don't even realize that they are shrinking. What are some of like the signs that people, I think, feel?
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely the the lack of, and I'm going to butcher the way I want to say this, but just the lack <laughs> of like claiming your success, right? Mm. So, so one way is is not claiming all that you are. And what I mean by that is like, you're super successful, but you don't necessarily show up that way in the world. Like you may you know, have a nice house, have a nice car, but there is this modest sort of energy about you where you don't want to seem too much. So the Mm. the too much syndrome, like I'd say that's one of them, right? We don't want to be too much. Yeah. Um, so that's like on one side, but then the other side is, you know, not wanting to experience potential failure or, you know, protecting, projecting, okay. If X, Y, Z happens, projecting in the future. And what you're really doing is disconnecting from yourself on some level when you're projecting into the future, because you're not in the present moment. If you're in the future.
0: Yeah, no agreed. And I think, I think for me, when it gets to that self-sabotaging point, I it's so helpful to have people around you who can point that out to you like, Hey, you're doing it. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know. Because a lot of it is so subconscious. Yes.
1: And one way that I, I, one thing that I do with my clients, and I, and I laugh about it a little bit, just because they think it's quite funny, but the one thing that's really helpful is actually to name that as if it's like a personality. Um, so that- yeah, Well, when give it, my
0: sabotaging self
1: yes. a name. Yes, Not let's Now, do now I'm going to have to freaking think of a name. <laughs> and think of like the most, just the most awful name or someone that, you know, you didn't care for. In, in is this elementary. so
0: bad that I automatically thought of the name from the movie, uh, like Silence of the
1: Leos. I was like, <laughs>
0: Clarice.
1: Oh my gosh. No, that's actually great. <laughs> I was like, creepy. <laughs> No, but now you're going to be able to catch it and it won't control you because the whole idea of this is to move out of things running us and us choosing it, us running it, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Sorry, clearing throat. Um, I think that that's a powerful way to kind of look at it is to actually just like give it the name and be like, you need to shut, shut up. All right, shut up, don't wait. Okay, so- then that leads me to the next question of like how high achievers themselves like hide from these these types of breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Um some of us they just keep running and don't don't say like, I'm going to run and not look
1: back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what I realized, you know, and and this is something that I talk about with my clients a lot is this idea of, you know, we constantly throughout, you know, our journey of personal development and life is we constantly have this opportunity to have these breakthroughs, right? But they first start as an insight. And a lot of times high achievers will take an insight and say, I'm ready to go. I I have the aha, I'm ready to rock and roll. I get it, I get the learning, let's go. And they don't necessarily sit with it so that it goes to a breakthrough.
0: Ooh, impatient. Yes, guilty. Exactly. Dang. You're you're listing all the qualities of yours truly.
1: <laughs> but it's 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 so interesting because I think since you get this so deeply, I know for me it was so true too, is like I am so good at doing, right? High achievers, we're so good at testing. we're doers. We are doers, we're action people. Yes. And so when we have an insight, our immediate conditioning is what's the five steps i can put in place to rock and roll right
0: right it's like okay great got it go <laughs> exactly
1: exactly and so what we're talking about here just to make this distinction for for your audience is seeing that we're talking about the inner, inner world right now we're not talking about you know the thing that happened with the client we're we're talking about an insight that you had and sitting with that without making taking an action and i'm not saying sit for two weeks I'm saying there isn't a lot of time that is true for each of us, right? For, for some insights, it's an afternoon and you take action in the morning. For another insight, it's an hour. But maybe what would be helpful is, is come up with a minimum. And so like for me personally, if I have an insight, I always just allow an hour. Like that's just something that for me, it's just a guideline of I'm going to let this sit for an hour. I could be ready at minute five. But it allows me to sit with it so that I can be sure it's breakthrough status versus taking action and then missing the juiciness or information that might come as a result of being with the breakthrough. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm guilty of just saying I have it and moving on it. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I realize I don't have it. And I was like, shit, I completely now I have to backtrack and it Mm -hmm. takes longer Um, or I messed up in some area, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I got to for real backtrack and start from, you know, ground zero. Uh, What I tend to do, because I know, oh, girl, I'm impatient, all right? Okay, I am impatient. I have to actively practice. It's a thing, you know, it's a virtue that it does not come naturally, Um, but we are trying, we are growing, Uh, but I know this about myself, and so I put in place where if it's a big decision it's a big investment or it's going to require a lot of time from me um I have to sit with it for a day I have to sit with it for a day um because then I feel like if I'm still thinking about it or I'm still noodling it or it still sounds like a good idea um I'll be more inclined to be like, okay, well, I didn't just like work off of strictly instincts Um, because like we said, my instincts, your instincts, high achieving women, or even people in general, like their instincts are to go. And uh, a lot of times those instincts can bite you in the butt.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. Like what you just said, it's such a perfect example because we think that by taking action on an insight and doing it immediately, saves us time. But the truth is, is that if you choose to give yourself a little space, there's going to be, you know, more aspects to the insight that can come through where you can decide from your state of power versus reactionary to someone and their request. Because that's what can happen, right? Is is we have an insight, but typically there's, there's some sort of deadline component to it where someone else is involved and we feel responsible to deliver to them in our typical impatient way. You're preaching to the choir, right? And so it's it's just a matter of seeing that when you actually take pause, you take your power back and you then can come from a place of, I've thought about it, I feel really good about it and I, I'm not doing this for anyone but myself. And then you can no. process the situation.
0: No, agreed. And I think <clears throat> what you just said, like taking your power back it, it took me a little while to realize that that is what I was doing because I had the knee-jerk reaction to be like, okay, I can fix it, let's do this. But then I'm like, okay, wait, 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 It took a second for me to be like, yeah. Or uh, I guess a good example for me is like if I'm picking on other projects, right? And I already have A, B, C, D, whatever lined up. And I'm like, do I really add this one more to it? You know, old me, the one a recovering hustler that I am would have been like, yeah, one more, whatever. Who needs sleep? Let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, but now I'm at the point where I'm just kind of like, okay, what's really gonna happen? Like, what is it really gonna serve me to do this extra project? I already have so much lined up. Am I what what type of quality are they going to, you know, get from me? What type of, you know, am I going to resent taking on this other project? Am I going to be even more tired, stressed? What I, it's like, before I even say yes, I may like the idea and I might may even like doing the project, but uh, it's kind of like weighing the odds of like, all right, if I say yes, then what? If I say no, then what? Can I offer another type of solution? And I think giving that day, or those hours or moments or whatever, whatever you need as a person is where all of those things kind of start. The, it's like the balancing of scales starts happening.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I think this opens up a can of worms that we could have like five more podcasts about it. Like <laughs> if, if you look at it, what we're really talking about is taking the time to assess the landscape so that you can answer from your truth versus the people pleasing, the quick response, how we need to get right back to someone. That's literally not even true. It's just what we've created based on our conditioning and how we are raised. And so it's it's also like understanding, and it could be a good qualifying question, like, am I trying to please others or am I pleasing myself? And the more that you go into pleasing self, the better you can be for others, right? It's that whole idea of fill your cup up first. Not to digress, but I just felt like that really applied to what you just said.
0: No, exactly. And I'm glad that you brought up like qualifying questions, right? So let's talk about that. What are some of the questions that we can start asking ourselves to implement? You know, yeah. be more self-aware like this.
1: Yeah, I, I think the what I just mentioned is a great one, right? Am I pleasing self or am I pleasing others? That's a huge one because it, it puts you in check no matter where you're at, no matter what role you're playing, if you're, you know, in sales or CEO mode, it's like, am I pleasing self or others? So that's that's a great one. Um, another qualifying question can just be, you know, am I am I setting boundaries? or am I not? Mm. Am I protecting myself and my time, or am I thinking more about the other person? I think a lot of times for women, that's the role that we play, right? is, the nurturer, making sure everyone else is taken care of. And so those questions can really help us distill where we're coming from.
0: Yeah. I think that's a natural, um, thing. Women, women tend to lean to is they start taking care of other people and other, and it's just, I mean, I don't want to come off as, you know, a bitch or anything like that, but I have gotten pretty adamant about that, especially like if you want to take in, uh, partners of any kind, romantic and that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, I'm like, you know what? I can listen and support and give you opinions and all that, but I can't do it for you. Right. You gotta, you gotta do it yourself. Uh, I, I and that's not my job to do it for you. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's a hard thing for women to, to kind of like swallow. It's not my job to do it for you because for so long we've been taught that it is our job.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking over. I have a few sticky notes here of just what other qualifying questions I keep here. Um, and, and actually it's it's one thing that I w- was a part of an entrepreneur organization, EO, if you're familiar with with that network, but I was in a meeting with them last week. And one thing someone said was, am I advising or am I telling? And it, that fit in so much to what we're talking about, and it's something that I've been more conscious of because again, as high achieving women we, there's a level that we know what we know and we wanna make sure that you, you know, we know. <laughs> and so just just stepping into, am I, am I telling or am I advising can be a great way for you to then set a boundary because it can be very easy. Like when we see something so clearly for someone else to your points, like we can't make them do it but it's very easy to go into, we're telling them how to do it instead of like, excuse me, I'm advising them Versus you know, sharing with them how I might have done it in the past, which comes across completely different. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's one of those, those questions where uh, you have to, I mean, the overarching, I guess, uh, tone I'm getting from our conversation is the fact where it's just it's really about your level of self-awareness. Yes yeah. uh, That's really what this kind of comes down to. And I think the most successful people, and depending on what your definition of success is, (laughs) uh, for me, success, when it comes to entrepreneurship, the ones that are most successful are the ones that are the most aware of themselves and how they operate, not only in their business world, but in life. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that's really it's a perfect summation of what we're talking about, right? Because it's like, the more that we can be self-aware, the more power we have. The more we are self-aware, the more we are proactive and not reactive. We're not reacting to other people's patterns. We're coming from our own truth. And you can only do that if you're self-aware.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but how do you, how do you practice that, that level of self-awareness when it comes to business and then even your life?
1: Yeah. So I am, I mean, I really have curated this obsession moment to moment of my internal state and where I'm coming from. And if I get off track, which happens on the daily, let's be clear. I have a a process that I go through, which is just as simple as doing that breathing technique, which is just three deep breaths, very simple, but connecting to where I'm coming from, because I have found that if I'm not conscious or if I'm coming from a triggered state or if I'm coming from you know resistance or if I'm coming from a lesser emotion that I then end up experiencing a level of chaos with the people I'm dealing with. And so I found it very powerful to pause, do a five minute meditation, take three deep breaths, whatever I have time for, but then I can go in my you know full self to the meeting or to the conversation and not be coming from a deficit. I'm coming from being full.
0: Yeah, um, I think for me, because I kind of, I kind of do that too. I, I get into triggered states sometimes, and uh, for me, if they're big trigger states, uh, I can easily turn that into a spiral, mm. like just like a tornado. We're going down, okay. and I know when I was growing up, I was kind of like that too. And my mom used to uh, <laughs> use a laugh to tell and tell me that, like. When I would get stuck in spirals, it would mm-hmm. almost be like a bicycle wheel, just like going and going and going and going. She's like, girl, I would need to throw a stick to hope it get stuck in the spokes yes. so that I you know. would just face plant and stop.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: um, I was like, because that's kind of how it felt. It felt just like this whirlwind of chaos and questions and what ifs and how do I do that? And, you know, when you get stuck in that, you it's very hard to see a, a logical way out um, and, and a solution that is, uh, you know, most of the time sitting right there. But if you would just calm down, you you would see it. Yeah. Uh, for me now, I have gotten to the point where I where I can point out a trigger. Mm-hmm and you know stop it before it starts or sometimes if it's a trigger and I need to go through those motions Mm -hmm. I just go through it but I know that like you know you have your seven stages of grief right Mm -hmm. it's like I have my stages of processing that Mm -hmm. I have to go through and sometimes you just have to go through it in order to get to the other side because that's just your process but whoever you're you know thank God for my mom and my friends, because they're the ones that get the end of it where I'm like calling them. I'm like, I just need to talk this out. I just, just be quiet. I just need to talk this out. And then, and then they, you know, put in some input at the end after I've like, you know, talked 5 million miles a minute. Um, but yeah, understanding your process, I think when it comes to dealing with things.
1: Yeah. And I love that you just went through that and I love that you're, you have a process like that. Because I think it's such an example for women listening and men too listening, right? (laughs) That it doesn't matter what your process is. You need to honor that. And the more you honor it, the less it will run you, the more you can almost like work with it or co-create with it and figure out a way that it can best serve you versus just being like on the other end of it and it taking you for a ride.
0: Yeah. And and agreed, which is why I have learned to just kind of go with it. If the trigger is that, you know, embedded deep or, or my worry or whatever it is, is is a big one. Um, I think also too, when you start learning about yourself and how you develop those processes, the one question that I always come back to is like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? And then, or I'll go and take a step back. Like I'll realize that I'm feeling very stressed out Mm -hmm. and then I'll take a, I'll push pause I literally, I I will literally tell myself, Heather, take a step back, and I like I take it, I stop, and I'm like, okay, why are we feeling this way? Like, what's causing this? What happened today that I'm feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not. I mean, nobody wants to operate out of a stressful place. Oh, I hate being stressed out. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: And, and one thing that I also do, I, I do the same thing. And I, another question is I ask like, what is the actual problem? And when I, when I ask that question, what I find is most often I can't answer that, which helps me see that it's a trigger or it's my emotion that's unresolved or something to that effect versus there being an actual factual problem Thanks. on the horizon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No,
0: uh, totally agree. And I do that too. And I think once you can put words to it, and I know a lot of therapists, a lot of coaches, a lot of whatever will be like, when you can put a word to it or words to it, it just takes the power away. You're like, I get, I understand now. And then this is how we're going to address this. Right. Um, So to wrap this up, what do you think are, your words of wisdom and maybe some action items people can start doing to start implementing these things that we've been talking about?
1: Yeah, I think that the first thing, and and it's the, I would say that one of the main things I operate by in my life is I'm the problem and the solution. So at any moment I can shift and that is so empowering. And that puts always the solution in your hands, no matter what the problem is. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is. You know, to, I can't stress enough how critical, important it's been for me over the years, putting that, you know, midday meditation in my schedule. And it could just be five minutes, but just doing a meditation partway through the day and especially before something that I might be stressed out about or a meeting that, you know, I have some anxiety about that has been such a game changer is just taking a few minutes to breathe, reconnect to myself, and then be able to present from that full cup. I would say, you know, that's just been huge. And the more that you can do that, you know, the, the better because you're coming from that calm state. Yeah. Where can people find you and contact you? So the best place is our website, which is the truthteachers.com. All of our promotions, social handles, everything is there. And that's the best way to get a hold of us.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later.